You're listening to Consensus Conversations 2023 by Coindesk. We're coming to you from the Brave Podcast Studio at Consensus 2023. Brave is the privacy browser used by almost 60 million people worldwide. It has everything you need to stay safe online. Check them out today at brave.com. Hello from the final day of Consensus 2023. I'm Eleanor Paul here with Will Peck, head of digital assets at Wisdom Tree. So Wisdom Tree is known, of course, for a lot of different things, but a big one is ETFs. Yep. Uh, one new product offering that Wisdom Tree has brought to the market is a digital wallet. So you're stepping into that space, providing users with this opportunity to actually hold their crypto like in a wallet. Yep. So could you tell me a little bit about your wallet specifically? How is it different from some of the other offerings on the market? Yeah, I think it's helpful to look at this kind of holistically in terms of so the wallet's called Wisdom Tree Prime, and it's more than just a wallet. It's really like a financial services offering. Uh, that's filled with uh, tokenized assets and what we call digital funds, effectively, uh, you know, U.S. registered uh, mutual funds, uh, a share record of which can be tokenized and held as a token. Um, so um, it's really, you know, Wisdom Tree, like you said, we're a well-known ETF sponsor, exchange-traded funds, manage a bit more than $90 billion, so we're the world's largest independent ETF sponsor, kind of goes back to our DNA. And what ETFs really are, are just kind of wrapped products, which will sound familiar to people in crypto, like wrapped, you know, wrapped Bitcoin, right? Well, wrapped products being that a ETF is something that trades on like a secondary market, like the New York Stock Exchange, but reflects the kind of tracks, the underlying assets that are, could be, you know, like the S&P 500 stocks, could be Japanese stocks, could be really anything. And so that expertise in terms of like that transparent wrapping of exposures and making them available on other systems, um, it really tied in with um, what we saw going on in tokenization and, uh, and crypto. And so we leveraged that expertise, kind of evolved our core set of capabilities to create a series of, like I said, tokenized assets and then digital funds. Um, and Wisdom Tree Prime, the wallet, is a mechanism by which we're delivering these to customers. Okay, so this is the way that people would access these. Exactly. So one interesting thing about wallets is that they're not the same. Yes. They all have different capabilities, different security features. Yep different connections uh, to the crypto ecosystem. And I think it's fascinating to consider that. It's almost like um, people use different browsers or things yep. like that. So if you could describe maybe the average user of this wallet, like who are they, what are they doing with the wallet? And how is that different from, you know, maybe like a MetaMask? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are very much not a MetaMask in terms, you know, MetaMask is like a gateway in terms of all three, all things, you know, Web3, DeFi, whatever you'd want to do. And that's not really our offering. We're a curated set of services. It's going to be custodial. Uh, so Wisdom Tree will take care of the private keys. And uh, really, our idea with it is trying to make a use blockchain rails for day to day financial services, right? Saving, spending, investing. Uh, and for lots of reasons that lots of people are talking about, there are a lot of efficiencies that can be gained here compared to the old infrastructure and rails, right? People might talk about fintechs and neobanks really just being, uh, you know, lipstick on an old system, right? It's actually like the traditional banking system and everything with just a nice front end. Um, and we're trying to be, you know, a nice interface on kind of a, the newest set of financial services infrastructure. Um, so that makes us a bit different than MetaMask in terms of you're not going to be able to bring any asset into this. Um, we're not just kind of a gateway to DeFi. What we are is a set of assets and services that should hopefully improve the mainstream's financial services experience. So uh, not necessarily targeting, you know, just like the crypto committed already, although we'd love to be able to serve them and want to have products to serve them, but trying to mainstream this amongst um, kind of the broader universe uh, more broadly. So what are some of the features that might make it easier for someone who's not super 
familiar with crypto to get into it. They might not even know it's blockchain, right? Like I think the idea that, um, you know, I think about like my parents, uh, like they're never gonna, they're, everyone says this, they're never gonna get like a MetaMask wallet to like and manage to write down their own seed phrase. Like that's never gonna happen. I know obviously like that's Coinbase and plenty of other people's business model too, right? Uh, but feeling it less like blockchain and crypto and more like, hey, this is like a trusted counterparty, one who I can engage with. I just log in here, like there's somebody I can call who can help me. Um, that's that's what we're trying to do and deliver while still delivering what we think are some of the very, very cool features of um, this technology, like native peer-to-peer, -peer, right? That's something that people in crypto take for granted that I can send my, one, my asset from my wallet to a wallet someplace else that I have or to another friend, right? In traditional finance in your brokerage account, I mean, that is like, that does not happen. Like you're talking about to get money out, like usually like a week to like 10 day process to like just get money out of your brokerage account. And um, we think we can improve on that and that's gonna add value for people. So you talked a little bit about how the custody works. Could you yep. explain that a bit more? Yeah, so um, our infrastructure is, um, we use, um, we work with um, a couple different uh, service providers, software providers, and then we built a lot ourselves too. So um, effectively, like if you think about like the wallet app itself, you want to do a transaction, right? So obviously there's like a blockchain at the base layer of it. We're working with Stellar as well as Ethereum and you know, we've got kind of plans for multi-chain issuance in the future. Um, and um, so obviously that's like the base layer and there could be L2s and stuff from there. Um, above that, we work with a company called Securency, which does like the compliance aware tokenization, we call it. So trying to do this for like regulated assets like these are in a compliant way. Um, and then we actually manage the private keys using uh, Fireblocks MPC. Um, so, you know, there's a process there that people might be familiar with, but we think it's a very secure, safe way to kind of manage private keys. Um, and then we also rely on, uh, you know, separate custodians as well for kind of like the backing assets, right? So one example would be a, a gold token, right? Tokenized version of gold. Obviously the gold needs to be held like someplace else as like the custody unit, even if there's a token issued against it kind of as like the uh, representation. And so that gold would be held with like uh, a very secure vault in London with kind of like bringing the best of what we know from like the exchange traded fund market uh, to this uh, asset, you know, to this space as well. So one thing I always find interesting is kind of a broader discussion around custody yep. and the ethos of crypto. I think a lot of the start of crypto has that feeling of you should own your keys. Yep. It's big. But at the same time, that doesn't work when people lose their keys. And yep. so it's reasonable to assume you're going to have some other options for people. The way your custody is set up, and considering that some users might not even really know the crypto backend, yep. would you see them wanting to eventually have their own keys if it if they're into it? Sure. And um, you know we believe in consumer choice, right? So for people who want to have that experience, they want to have their own private keys, you know, have their own kind of ledger, whatever it is. That's great, more power to you. And we want to have products and services to be able to help you do that, right? To be able to engage with assets that, you know, might not have even thought to be available here. Um, but um, for a lot of people, we think they're they're not going to want that or they're going to want other kind of more custodial held services. Uh, and then we really want to serve those people too, right? So, um, and by serve them, we want to do it in a way where we're a trusted, reputable brand and we're not going to, you know, fool around and like loan your money elsewhere. We're not going to commit fraud, like all this stuff that, you would think in traditional financial services kind of table stakes. And so I get why for a lot of crypto native people, they're like, well, geez, like not your keys, not your coins. Cause like, look at all of these firms and this terrible things they did with my money uh, or other people's money. Like I'm going to keep it myself. And if you feel that way, that's great. But for the people who aren't comfortable with that, we want to be a safe place for them to store their, um, their money, their value. And that could be in kind of these funds or assets that I talked about, 
also crypto itself. You know, we're supporting Bitcoin and ETH in this wallet, and uh, we want to have a very secure, safe custodial experience that people are comfortable with. So let's say that someone's a little bit of a skeptic. Yeah. They like your products, they're just not sure about the custody element. How yep. would you explain to them that they can trust your setup? Sunshine is the best medicine, right? Or whatever the expression is. You know, we believe one of the things about ETFs, um, for anyone who doesn't know the history, is um, you know ETFs have taken in trillions and trillions of dollars from mutual funds. Uh, and one of the biggest things that you know Wisdom Tree's been you know big acolytes and kind of preaching this is transparency, right? Like know what you own. With ETFs, you actually know what you own. With mutual funds. You have no idea what the manager is necessarily doing. So I think, you know, obviously we're not going to, um, you know, tell the exact custody method that we're doing or things like that. But we want to be very transparent with people, have them know the rules of it going in, uh, understand generally how it works. Um, and um, I think that's the best way to kind of help, you know, help people understand. And if we take a step back, so this was first announced. About a year ago. So then in that time since you're now in beta. Yep. What are some of the steps that have been involved with creating this wallet? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the beta period has been extremely helpful. I mean, so taking a step back, you know, we announced kind of our plans here about a year ago. We're a public company. We're spending some money on this, wanted to help people understand kind of the payoff of this over time. Um, and there was a lot of regulatory engagement. So these are regulated products. Um, they are, you know, overseen, especially the, the, specifically the funds are overseen by uh, the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, and so there's a lot of regulatory engagement with them on this is what we're trying to do. This is why we think it makes sense. And uh, that was a great process and uh, definitely a very involved process, but one that we're comfortable with and familiar with. So we've kind of been going on that journey. And then in November of this past year, uh, we what's called the, these funds went effective, meaning that uh, we were able to launch them and bring them to market. Uh, so we've launched them in this kind of beta environment, doing operational testing on them now. So. A lot of bits, the beta period's been operational testing, making sure that it's working as we expect, right? The flows are hitting and everything like that. The money's moving as expected. And the next is just like anyone who's doing, uh, you know, application development is seeing how users are actually using the product, what makes sense to them, what doesn't make sense, right? It's one thing to go through like a usertesting.com experience, but it's another thing to actually get the feedback and like analytics from how people are using the platform itself, right? Um, and so that's led to us rethinking, oh, this might be a way we can refresh like the application design. Um, this is something that people weren't really clear on and we want to kind of change and adjust on. So it's been a lot of that, um, as well as, you know, like I said, just operational testing, making sure everything's working as expected and uh, that's all going very well. So uh, what we're doing right now is really finalizing a lot of that and, um, you know, getting ourselves set up to kind of start to exit beta and roll this out uh, over the coming quarter, uh, over this quarter and then over the coming months from there. I'm wondering if you can comment. So at Consensus on Wednesday, yep. the Wisdom Tree CEO had this interesting statement. Uh, crypto is a natural evolution of ETF products. Yep. I always think that's kind of just a fascinating way to look at it because yep. a lot of people would say crypto or various parts of crypto are like a breaking away of the financial system. And evolution feels like a bit of a softer term yep. than some crypto likes to be very different, yep. right? So is that just kind of the status of the company and how it's been formed? Like, where does that come from? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, like I said, ETFs, it's funny, you, you meet ET there's a lot of ETF people in crypto. And I think part of that is because they recognize some of the same things. You know, people used to go around and talk about ETFs being transparent, 
tax efficient and liquid, right? And with crypto, you see the potential for like certainly the transparency, the liquidity as well, moving from like, uh, you know, nine to four market hours to like 24 seven, 365 global liquidity has like real promise uh, that like that uh, potential of like peer to peer transfers. And I think just a recognition of like the way things are today doesn't need to be the way that things are in the future. So a lot of people listening to this might think of like ETFs as some like old world products, but like, no, it was like, it was like renegades who were like saying, no, like, no, we can do better than what exists with mutual funds. And our CEO, Jono, who spoke is like, you got like the first ETF.com lifetime achievement award, like a true pioneer in ETFs. And so one of the big ways we got into this, really the big way is he came to me in my role at the time in terms of leading our strategy group at Wisdom Tree and said, you know, what can do to ETFs, what ETFs did to mutual funds. And um, I think as we dug in, we saw, wow, there's, there's really something to like tokenization and blockchain enabled finance is what we call it. And we kind of use those terms to say, differentiate a bit from like crypto, the asset class, right? Like Bitcoin, Ether, or like Dogecoin too, all kind of qualify, right? But it's, it's beyond that. And I think it's a lot of things that people in crypto kind of take for granted that people outside don't see. It's that it's like a new market infrastructure, a new way to deliver finance. And um, I think, you know, we're not, we're not a DeFi company. We like to think of ourselves like a responsible DeFi company, right? And like, so again, that may not be for everyone, but we think it's for a lot of people and um, can actually improve their day-to-day -day financial lives, which is what we want to do. I just want to pick up on two things you said there. One was um, thinking that the world doesn't have to be the way it is right now. Yep. I love that thinking. There's so many ways that are crypto, just the industry as a whole is really challenging the world in that way. Yep. Um, and I also like that it feels like, as you were explaining, ETFs are like an on-rep to crypto yep. in a very fascinating way. You wouldn't expect, I think, to some degree, I think there's like a lot of on-ramps to crypto, so many ways that people get into it. Yep. And it's nice that people who are like more familiar with that realm can recognize these aspects of crypto that can be useful. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I've always remarked, just like I said, how many people that I know from ETF land who are um, in the space and kind of recognizing that. So um, I, I absolutely think it's the case. And again, it's not to like put an endorsement on everything that's going on in crypto, not that's what you're saying at all, but clearly there's like, there's something here. Like there's something with like the way that people can engage with finance, the level of control that they can have over it, the level of reduced costs. And, um, you know, level of automation, right? Like I think a lot of people have pointed out and I was uh, like a lot of people, I was really miffed by like, there's some journal article about how, um, um, you know, like with FTX and stuff, it showed that like DeFi has no promise. It's like, well, this wasn't DeFi, like the, the stuff where it was like actually like the automated code-based execution of like loans, like that worked as expected, right? And like, not to say there aren't exploits or things like that, that can happen. Uh, but I, I thought that was a very uninformed, unfair way to look at it, where I, I think there's, I'd never bet against kind of improved automation and software execution of like a service, right? And to me, that's what a lot of what you're seeing with like crypto and DeFi is, it's taking things that were done in back. And what's a shame about it is it gets distracted by things that happen in back rooms and kind of shady deals, but like doing it, being able to do more to transparently in code has never been a thing to bet against, I think. And so that's why, um, we're so excited about this. With everything that's happened in the last year, and there's quite a lot, do you think that companies now have to sort of posture themselves different? Um, and if so, what are they doing differently? Yeah, you know, I think it's a good question for a lot of the startups in the space that have, you know, frankly, they're having a tough time getting funding anyway. So it's a little bit there. From our perspective, this is like steady as she goes. Like we are um, very comfortable. We're not surprised 
by some of the regulatory crackdown, some of the, I wouldn't have thought FTX would have been such a fraud, but like, it's not surprised by some of the stuff that's gone on and why the regulators are cracking down. And like, we actually think we're extremely well positioned for that, right? We're, like I said, we're not like DeFi, we're kind of bringing more responsible or trying to be responsible DeFi, if that term makes sense. And um, we are comfortable with regulation and we think our offering is going to be a regulated offering. We're going to engage with regulators, whether that's securities regulators or, um, you know, anti-money laundering regulators. And like, that's part of what we do. So um, that's different ethos than some people in crypto have, but we think it's still very important and something that we're uh, proud to bring forward. So we're comfortable with it. We're, we feel very confident in terms of our ability to navigate. It's actually a competitive differentiator for us versus some of the um, other upstarts. So um, we're, we're very comfortable with it. And with that idea of regulatory crackdown, a lot of people discuss sort of regulation by enforcement yep. and how that's not very helpful. Um, but you were actively talking with regulators beforehand yep. and are they providing enough for you to go by that you know this offering is, is going to be clean? Yeah, look, I, I think I can't really comment specifically on like specific regulatory dialogue, certainly can't comment on like the regulation by enforcement stuff. But, you know, we're familiar with this, like kind of the practices and processes from what we do every day in ETFs, right? Like you have your um, dialogue, this is what you're trying to do with the SEC, you're trying to get this sort of approval, things like that. So. All I can say is it's been a very constructive dialogue. We feel great about our approach and um, we feel very good about like the product offering we have trying to go through the front door of regulation as opposed to like around the side. I'll just end with one more broad question. You know, next year consensus, what's going to happen by then? It's so hard to predict, but if you had to guess, what are you uh, We're going to be, uh, Prime is going to be live and a lot of the people listening to this are going to be customers having a great okay. experience. That's my prediction. Um, it's funny, I, I actually couldn't make it last year. I came down with COVID two days before. Uh, but my colleagues who are here have been commenting to me that this year they just feel like, like last year there was a lot of stuff going on with gaming and kind of other things like that, really Web3 focused. And then this year was we, people, like last year, like, oh, what's Wisdom Tree doing here? And this people we talked, they're like, oh, I love what Wisdom Tree's doing. Like, I think it's, uh, you guys are really on the right track. Like real world asset tokenization is going to be the big things. And like, yeah, that's what we feel. And so I think that's only gonna be further confirmed next year. Well, thank you so much. I hope you've enjoyed your time here at Consensus and uh, we'll see you next year. Perfect. Great speaking with you.